Hello, welcome to another From the Rookie Arena, second of the season. Uh, Watford have been away at Burnley, and this podcast is going to be Mike's story of his day, an early start, as it was for many Hornet fans, uh, and telling us how the day panned out. Well, you know how the day panned out with the final score, but this is how it sounded. But remember, you can subscribe to From the Rookie End via Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone, or Google Podcasts, uh, a new thing this season, uh, which if you have an Android phone, remember, do follow us on social media at Watford Podcast, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So here is Mike's story of his day to Burnley. Good morning. It's uh, Mike here. It's just gone six o'clock on Sunday morning. I'm about to embark on one of those journeys that, you know, is is pretty much madness, really. Uh, Satnav tells me I've got 350 kilometres to go. I'm off to Burnley. It feels a little bit like when I went to... Um, I did a paper round when I was a kid. Uh, and once I got up to do my paper round, turn the TV on before I uh, before I went out to get ready. And the darts was on the TV. I thought, that's a bit weird. Uh, but anyway, carried on. Got to the place where I picked my uh, papers up. And everywhere was locked up. I looked at my uh, looked at my watch and it was, uh, it was one o'clock in the morning. Um, I just got up and gone straight to, uh, straight to pick up my papers without checking the time. It was one o'clock in the morning. It was straight back to bed. No going back to bed on this occasion, though. It's off to Turf Moor to see if Watford can uh, carry on their excellent start to the season. Um, I must be absolutely mad. About eight hours in the car for an hour and a half of uh, what's likely to be um, fairly uninspiring stuff. There he is. There's the mic you know and love, eh? Anyway, Burnley, here we come. Just leaving now, six o'clock-ish. Um, I'll keep you posted as I go. Come on, you Hornets. We can do it, can't we? So journey continues so far so good uh, pretty bleak outside it's a bit concerned about what to wear but uh, I think my uh, oh this is boring I'm not going to tell you about my uh, wardrobe decisions uh, making progress heading up north um, slight downside so far I made myself a cup of tea very organised um, which isn't like me made myself a nice cup of tea in my uh, Watford little uh, travel mug uh, stone cold forgot all about it it's still here uh, by my left hand side um so yeah, forgot all about me, uh, me tea. Hopefully that's the worst thing that happens today. Um, but yeah, been uh, started off listening to uh, I've been listening to a John Ronson book about uh, about psychopaths, and uh, yeah, I thought that half six, seven o'clock was too early, too early for that. So I've stuck uh, Spotify on and uh, made myself a little pack just to leave it on shuffle and not to uh, not to interfere with it. So I've had a uh, smorgasbord of uh, various uh, music. Pantera just came on before I uh, started recording this, so uh, that's one for the old metalers. We've had a bit of zinc, a bit of metalheads, uh, a bit of uh, Metallica, this, that and the other, all sorts. Cypress Hill came on as well, that was amazing. So yeah, making good progress. The car's pointing north. Everything's going to plan so far. Let's see how it goes. So it's uh, about half past eight and I'm um, uh, about 15 miles south of Sheffield. Just stopped to uh, get something to eat and uh, visit the bathroom. Haven't seen any Watford supporters yet. I don't know if that's uh, a good sign or not. I assume the game's still on or uh, I've gone, don't know if I've gone miles uh, in the wrong direction. So uh, no Watford fans sighted just yet. But what I have just seen is an advert for a brand of underwear called Shreddies, which are apparently, um, and this is their tagline, flatulence filtering underwear. So I think it's uh, supposed to, uh, if you do uh, happen to break wind, um, apparently they uh, they uh, they filter that, f- that, that smell. So uh, you learn something new every day. Uh, I guess uh, what remains to be seen is will the match this afternoon stink? I do hope not.
so just south of Sheffield uh, probably about uh, uh, an hour and a half an hour and three quarters uh, well two hours to go two hours to go uh, before I arrive at uh, Turf Moor oh and one other thing you won't be surprised to learn it's raining onwards and upwards for what I think is the first time in my life I am early yep arrived in Burnley I parked up parked up outside the uh, the bridge beer house which looks uh, and like an archetypal uh, northwestern uh, pub if there is such a thing um, as you might expect the rain has continued it's still very very damp very wet very dour very gray uh, it looks like the weather's going to be um, set like this for the rest of the day so there'll be that greasy lacquer on the surface so uh, perhaps uh, set up for a few long ranges from our old mate decore or Pereira might fancy his luck um, but yeah good to be here um, excited now um, navigated the uh, the length of the country and uh, dri- driven past the ground um, so looking forward to getting started but uh, yeah it's definitely uh, it's definitely Burnley lovely drive up um, lo- through lovely scenery and uh, really quite pleasant on a uh, on a Sunday morning um, but now game face on uh, time to try and find some uh, f- try and find some fellow hornets maybe speak to them for the podcast see what on earth possessed them to uh, to head to Burnley on a on a wet and rainy uh, Sunday morning slash afternoon so I have arrived next on to Turf Moor come on you hornets so it's about half past twelve and uh, I've just walked up to the ground past the uh, the Royal Dyche pub which uh, you may have seen publicised uh, on the news over the last uh, year or so they've uh, renamed a pub after uh, our old friend Sean Dyche and uh, yeah it looked uh, tailor made really for that uh, for that pub sign if you check out check out our uh, Instagram page at Watford Podcast you can see a, a photo of exactly what that looks like but yeah arrived um, safely at, at Turf Moor the weather can't quite make its mind up but it's raining again light drizzle uh, grey overhead and first impressions of turf more proper old school ground it's got that sort of almost corrugated metal uh, on the outside that you see used to see on so many uh, so many of the old school football uh, stadiums so nice to be at a, uh, a stadium with a bit of uh, character and to add to the old school field um, I've been able to buy my ticket uh, on the day so yeah uh, along to the ticket office hand over your cash get a ticket just like you used to in the uh, in the old days so Lots of people around. Um, atmosphere starting to build, despite it being an early kickoff. Sometimes that does negate the uh, the atmosphere a little bit. But there's a definite buzz about the place. I wonder whether Burnley fans are sort of buoyed by their little European adventure. But it'll be interesting to see what the, the atmosphere is like once we once we kick off in an hour or so. But here at Turf Moor, atmosphere's building. Let's get ready to rumble. Can't believe I said that. Let's get ready to go. Come on, you want it? A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans. From the rookery end. I'm inside Turf Moor. Uh, the weather has stopped. I know you've been enjoying my weather updates. The rain has stopped. It's a perfect day for football. And I've bumped into uh, two friends of the podcast, although not friends of the travelling Watford uh, army. Andy and Kate Lewis, how are you guys? I'm sleepy. Yeah, yeah, tired but good. Now, for those of for those listeners who don't understand just how dismal your record is supporting Watford, particularly in this part of the world, Andy, do you care to explain and then tell us why exactly you're here today? Because I think there's been enough people asking you to stay away, yet you've still turned up. What, what's going on? So, uh, for those who don't know, um, I'm a cursed man in the uh, northwest region of England. Uh, my first game up in this in this area was uh, back at uh, back at Liverpool, back at Anfield in 2005 for the League Cup semi-final first leg, and since then uh, I've been to watch Watford play in the Northwest a total of 25 times, and we've won zero. 
and yet still he turns up. That's the kind of guy we're dealing with here, folks. So I'm going to put Andy to one side for a minute and speak to, uh, speak to Kate. So we're at, we're at Burnley, and here's a Watford fan has come out, as you might be able to hear. It's Troy leading the way, Decore, Janmat, same team as last week, which I think makes sense. But Kate, we're at Burnley, and they're in the midst of their first European jaunt, if you like, their European um, adventure. Are we starting to see the reality of what life in the Europa League is actually like? Half one kickoff on a Sunday, they're already talking about resting players and that sort of stuff. Would we want to swap places with them? Yeah, you know what? Why not? Why not? You know, you, you're not, the opportunity's not going to come round very often, is it? So, of course you would. I'd, I'd trade this as much as this is exotic for us, Burnley on a Sunday afternoon. Um, the 3am alarm was quite painful. You know what? Why not? I'd love it. Andy, same for you. You've, you've, what about if we were in Europe this year? Do you think this squad's deep enough for us to sustain a, a proper threat in, in Europe? I think if we had qualified for Europe this year, we definitely would have bought a striker in the summer um, and another centre-back. So this season, it's fine for one competition and a couple of cups, but definitely not uh, for Europa League competition. But I just want to know from Burnley fans um, what their reaction was when they drew Aberdeen. Waited 50 years for a Europa League competition. And Aberdeen, a trip up, a trip up to Scotland. Joy of joys, the, the glamour of Europe. Some might argue that sums up the uh, the Europa League quite quite nicely, but I think Europe is very much in the Pozzo family science, isn't it? I think it's something we've got our aim, our eyes on for the next couple of years at least. Um, and talking about the Pozzo regime this year, it was announced uh, this month, it was, uh, this week in fact, it was announced Ken Semmer was the hundredth player to make his debut under the uh, under the Pozzos. So we're going to put you both on the spot. It's up to you which who goes first. Who is your favourite Pozzo debut song? Got to be Vidra, hasn't it? Just all the moments that he gave us. Um, even I was living in Australia for most of the time he was playing for us. And even then I was getting the buzz that he was creating for us when we got promoted as well, you know, all of that. So, uh, yeah, Vidra, I'd say. And, of course, he made it was his first league game. Was that game away against, against uh, Palace, wasn't it? First league game away at Palace, yeah. I remember I was sat right next to the Palace fans for that game. Um, and obviously 88th minute we're 2-1 down and suddenly four minutes later we're 3-2 up and the faces on the Palace fans I will always remember but obviously they had the last laugh that season but we'll brush over that um, my favourite Pozzo well say favourite Pozzo debutant I think most memorable uh, would have to be Samba Diakite came on against Middlesbrough I think and I turned to my mate and said he's getting sent off and about 20 minutes later he got sent off so uh, he proved me right he made me look a bit psychic um, but yeah most memorable for sure and is there, is there one who's really let you down, do you think? Someone who's not, not one of the random ones that we all know have come in with low expectations, but, but a player that you thought, right, he looks like he might do something for us and is, hasn't really gone on to, to heights? Ferroni didn't really live up to the expectation that, uh, that he had. A, lo- a lot of the players in the 13-14, um, Renegi as well, um, didn't really live up to the hype. Acuna that season, that was a bad season for signings and for you know, the club overall. Um, so I think everyone who, who signed that season really <laughs> probably a contender for that award <laughs> happy days what a wonderful time we've had alright guys right, I'll leave you to it but before you go prediction is this going to be the day that you break the curse yes nervy 1-0 88th minute winner Kate oh blimey I've gone hardcore I've said we're winning 3-1 go hard or go home <laughs> wonderful get in there well if it comes to pass I'll buy you both a drink <laughs> deal from the raw dice. Absolutely. No, I don't, I'm not going in there. <laughs> <laughs> We're not welcome anymore, are we? <laughs> Still in the away end here at Turf Moor. I'm with, uh, I'm with Pat and we're just talking memorable Pozzo debutants. And we just came up in conversation 
Juan Carlos Paredes, who uh, a lot of people have mentioned as having a, a good uh, debut against Bolton, but you can't remember anything to do with that? Basically, no. I remember him hitting the post from 25, 30 yards. But in terms of the debut itself, I can't remember it. The one that stands out, as I was saying, sat on a uh, wooden seat in an away end, was uh, Vidra Palace. Again, don't know when he came on, don't know what he did prior, but I'll never forget that goal for as long as I live. And what about this current crop pack? We've seen a few come in over the, over the summer. What do you think? Who do you think looks like being the best signing over, over this summer? During the pre-season, we had a few that kind of raised an eyebrow. Wilmot actually stood out. He saw, you know, a young centre-back which was shoved into central mid and didn't look out of place against, I mean, you know, Brentford, good championship side. Didn't look out of place against Premier League players. Um, if anything, I'm more interested to see how returning crop like success how they will get on how Andre Gray in the second season he seems to have a strike partner how we'll get on really and we're at we're at Burnley this afternoon and they're they're in Europe as we know they're in the, the Europa League but this week Watford had their they found out their opponents for the second round of the League Cup away at Reading do you think hey that's a decent draw do you think that's a cup that you want to see Watford do well in it's hard to say because I haven't seen us do well in the League Cup since <laughs> what was it 2003 um so 15 years later you kind of lose all hope but i'm happy with reading it's a nice easy one for all of us to get a good turnout hopefully give a few of the fringe players a good you know better go no one will say no to a cup run i think we're all pretty comfortable with how the season's going to turn out so if we can get a cup run and you know a mid-table finish i'll call that a good season and you'd be happy you mentioned there you just slipped it in there you'd be happy for us to play a couple of the fringe players in the league cup would you rather play a strong side and go through or, or risk getting knocked out of the second round and, and play those fringe players? I'd rather play the fringe players in the League Cup than in a, you know, early in the season at the very least, in a, in a game, you know, your Palaces, your Bournemouth, we've got United as well in between. So yeah, you know, if you gave Wilmot, Messina, all these sort of players a bit of a run out, see how they do, and then you're not going in blind in the league games. Sounds good, sounds sensible. Make him assistant manager, I reckon. You also slipped in there, mate, which I noticed. You think we're going to be pretty comfortable this year, which uh, is good. I like him enjoying the confidence. So how do you think this season will pan out for Watford in the, in the Premier League? If we can do different to the last three years, I'll be happy. And by that, I mean start well and actually, you know, see it out. I'm kind of getting bored of asking if I can have a half-season ticket. <laughs> um, the Brighton game, OK, Brighton weren't quite up to scratch. But we played really well, had a completely unbeaten pre-season, looked good there as well from what I saw. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to set their sights on Europe just yet, but we've got the foundations in place, so I don't see why we couldn't push in a couple of years' time. Nice. And finally, prediction for today? Uh, give me a two-all and I'll be happy. We'll take it. Cheers, mate. No worries. So we're still on the hunt for memorable Pozzo debuts in the week that uh, Ken Semmer was the 100th uh, 100th debutant uh, under the Pozzo regime which was yours? It would have to be the first time I saw Abdi I can't remember what game it was but anything that he did was uh, brought a whole new level to, to what we'd seen previously so it would be Alan Abdi One of the most important players that the, the Pozzo signed do you think? Oh definitely as I say he brought something completely different to the uh, midfielder that we'd never seen before his vision and um, composure on the ball was something that I'd never seen in a Watford shirt uh, do you think? Do you think we ever saw? We ever got quite enough out of him because he, he had that injury, didn't he? And he's sort of, we've forgotten about him already, and I feel a bit guilty about that. 
just managed to uh, avoid the, the ball on the, uh, the back of the head. I'm just going to kick it back. So, so that was me just kicking the ball back. I fluffed it. Um, so, yeah, do you think we ever saw the best out of uh, Alman Abdi? No, unfortunately, he got injured at the wrong time. And I think probably by the time he got to the Premier League with us, he was probably two years too old um, to pick up the pace for the type of player that he was. Um, one of the heartbreaking things I'll, I'll be left with with Alman Abdi was playing in the FA Cup semi-final at Wembley, Mike. That's, uh, that'll always stay with me, playing it right back. That hurt. I'm sure it did you as well. He deserved better, didn't he? Now we've got Tom sat next to you. Who's your favourite player then? Um, Roberto Pereira. Roberto Pereira. Would you say he's the best signing we've made during the time you've been supporting Watford? Uh, no. So who's the best signing? Who's the best best player to join Watford while you've been watching them? Uh, Richarlison. Oh, Richarlison. So you were sad to see him go? Yes. Do you think we've got anyone who can replace him? Uh, Semar. Ken Semmer, the 100th debutant under, under the Potsos. Now you've come all the way to Burnley. Very brave lad. Slightly mad perhaps. But what do you think the score's going to be this afternoon? 1-0 um, to Burnley. 1-0 to... Do you want to have another go at that? 2-1 uh, to what? That's more like it. Cheers, pal. Bye. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. Down then as Watford come out here at Turf Moor, 25 past one on Sunday afternoon. First away game of the Premier League season. Can they cause what I think would be an upset here at Turf Moor? We're about to find out. Come on, you horns. Come on, you horns. What a start here at Turf Moor. It's Watford one. Well, Burnley nil, Watford won, and it's been all Watford in the first three, four, five minutes. And Andre Gray clearly up for it, linking up well with uh, with Deeney, who looks equally keen to make an impression, linking up nicely with Pereira to, to create an early chance. Deeney crossing in for, for Gray to slam home. He'll have enjoyed that one, and so did the uh, thousand or so Watford fans here. Good atmosphere. Burnley coming back into it, though, at the moment. Uh, just need to see if we can keep it up. Great start for Watford. Love it. Come on, you Goldens. Well, there's the answer, unfortunately. The lead didn't last too long. Simple, simple goal to concede. Cor- uh, corner swung into the back post and uh, Watford weren't able to deal with it. Tar- Tarkovsky headed home pretty much unchallenged at the back post. Disappointing not to be able to hold on. Um, but an encouraging start still, but still looks like some of the old uh, old failings are there for the Golden Boys. But let's uh, reset and go again, I guess. Come on, you want it. So after a breathless uh, opening 15 minutes or so, uh, it's one all at half-time here at, here at Burnley and probably fair enough result. Unfortunate that Watford um, allowed Burnley back into the game so quickly because they did look dangerous. Uh, really had their danders up going forward and were asking questions, getting into that, that Burnley half, moving the ball around nicely. But unfortunately, let Burnley back into the game very, very quickly after the, after the goal and it was all Burnley for a little spell there. 
Uh, so Watford did really, really well to, to stay in the game, actually, um, to keep Burnley at bay. They were, Aaron Lennon was having a bit of joy down the, his right side, down the Watford left, and Holly uh, Bass looked like he was having a, a tricky time. Uh, Will Hughes has uh, gone in for a couple of rash challenges. He's on a booking, so he needs to be careful in the, in the second half. But two probably really good, one good chance aside um, after the goal. Lovely flowing move from Watford after about 40 minutes where they stayed cool in possession after snuffing out a Burnley attack and really played some beautiful football to switch the play to the other end uh, of the uh, other end of the pitch culminating in a in a Troy Deeney shot that Joe Hart did well to save low down to his right and then a couple of minutes later Burnley uh, looked like they were going to score but uh, Jose Holobas came in with a, uh, uh, a last ditch uh, tackle which um, saved certainly uh, uh, Burnley going ahead and also marked the um, inevitable um, decline of Jose's relationship with the with the home supporters uh, he ended up being booed off at half time by the Burnley fans which will uh, surprise absolutely none of you listening and I maintain that's exactly what we want from Hollybass we want someone we want a pantomime villain who we love and the opposition uh, fans uh, love to hate and he's certainly uh, filling that role at the moment I think from from a Watford point of view definitely disappointing that they didn't hold on for longer having gone ahead but having conceded the goal and coming under quite a bit of pressure they actually did really, really well to, to get themselves back into the game, get a foothold and to carve out that, that chance. They're definitely going to get another chance in the, in the second half, but Burnley do look threatening as well. So entertaining enough, Watford doing all right. Uh, let's keep going. Come on, you want it. then Mary's very similar start to the uh, second half that we enjoyed to the first half Watford ahead lovely lovely finish from Troy Deeney deft little flick with the outside of the boot to beat Joe Hart uh, Watford come out of the blocks flying again it's 2-1 Watford uh, Deeney enjoyed that giving it massive massive licks to the away end where he scored um, now let's see if we can hold on a bit longer this time coming you on it's we're in fine voice now tells you all you need to know and the fact that I'm slightly out of breath having run uh, just a couple of rows and back up to celebrate Mr William Hughes has rifled it home from the edge of the box to make it 3-1 to Watford a blistering start this second half um, brilliant 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 keep it up you honest come on you gardens There is the final whistle. It's finished. Burnley won. Watford three, and Watford up to third place in the Premier League. I tell you what, Burnley enjoy the Europa League. We're on our way to the Champions League. Come on, you want it? So full time here at Turf Moor, and there's uh, two things to talk about with Kate and Andy. Firstly, Kate, did you back yourself and put money on it being three-one to? Watford? I wish. I wish I had. I wish I had. It's never happened before, but. 
Hey! Could have chartered a, a private jet to get home with the winnings, the, the odds on 3 1. But, but more importantly, the Lewis family curse, for it is the family. I, I blame you, Andy, but, but really, it's the rest of you. You've broken the curse, but, what, but Watford have done it in some style. There's people coming up to Andy just to celebrate with him, knowing how important this moment was for him. But all joking aside, what a terrific performance from Watford. Oh, it's fantastic. I think after the, uh, after the equaliser from Burnley, I think the rest of the first half, we, uh, we played the way they wanted us to play. But then second half, that crazy five-minute spell, we had the perfect view, my sister and I. Hughes' goal, straight in. Uh, fantastic strike. And since then, Watford's game management after that was brilliant. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit emotional, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Just football's great. Watford's great. Who can blame me? It's been 346 years since Andy saw Watford pick up any points away. But Kate, the, the, the style of Watford's play was amazing, wasn't it? They played really well, incisive, uh, um, quick pace. They were direct when they needed to be. Good stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm really, really surprised. You know, I was worried in the first half. We were sort of playing Burnley's oof ball. Um, came out second half and bish bash bosh, that's us all over. I love it. Ah! Favourite goal of the three? Oh, Hughes. Yeah, gotta be, gotta be that third goal. Thing of beauty, wasn't it? Kate, Andy, what can I say? Thank you, well done, you're back in business. Come on, you Hornets! We're the Horns, you're the Horns. Come on, you Horns! So, back in the car, on my way home, just stopped uh, on the M1, I think it is. Uh, heading home with three points in her back pocket. What a lovely feeling to head away from Burnley with a really, really convincing win. And I think it was absolutely that. It was a convincing win. We've had a little bit of time to ruminate on the uh, on the events that we've seen this afternoon. And Watford played really, really well. And I think the one negative that I would take away from the game initially was that we conceded so early. Um, after going ahead, we really, really dominated those incredibly early exchanges and, and went ahead deservedly, I think. I think we took Burnley by surprise a little bit. But then not to hang on to the, the lead was disappointing and Burnley really did come back back at us. And I just heard Sean Dyche in the in the car talking about how they were they were dominant for large periods of the first half. And you have to say that they were. But I think that actually is one of the biggest positives to come out of it was how Watford stayed in that game. They stayed relatively organised. Burnley were having a bit of joy, they were testing us with balls into the box and we did look a bit scrappy at times, but Watford kept it at one all. We got into half-time level and I think they did well to do that. That was what a platform playing away from home is about, you've got to stay in the game sometimes. And then obviously they came out in the second half and absolutely blew Burnley away, two incredibly well-taken goals. Watford played the ball around nicely for, for large periods, they were very, very keen to move it around. It was reminiscent of the start of last year in a lot of ways, they, they moved the ball around with confidence quickly, they didn't always come off and I think they were guilty of overplaying a little bit sometimes. But those two goals were, were an absolute joy to behold, to, to add to the first of Andre Gray, they're three absolutely majestic really strikes away from home, so that was obviously great to see and then... Just to manage the game, the way they saw the game out after that, going going three one up, um, they knew that they didn't really need to do anything. They just needed to keep their heads and, and keep Burnley out. And I think some clever substitutions from Gracia bringing Andre Gray off initially, and they just played really really well. And what and they did what Watford had failed to do so many times, which is manage the game. Having got into a great position, manage the game. They just eased their way through to the final whistle, like they did against Brighton. Very little to worry about. 
Really, really good performance. Uh, said a lot in the lead up to the season that the start was going to be important for us um, because we've got tough games to come. We know what potentially might happen further down the line, but these are winnable games. I think Burnley, we were we had a, a stroke of luck with them having one eye on Europe. But left by the time I left Burnley, they'd already changed the next game billboard to show Olympiacos. So they've obviously, as a you know, a very obvious reminder that they've got other things going on up there. And I think we were perhaps lucky to to hit them at that time. But credit to Watford, absolutely magnificent performance, well-deserved three points, six out of six, two wins out of two, some really, really nice goals, some half-decent defending. We're looking really, really good. So far, so so good. So absolute joyous uh, occasion. Now I've got to do battle with the, with the motorway network to make sure I get home in one piece. But a big thanks to everyone um, who I spoke to today. Andy and Kate, obviously big round of applause for those guys. The first time they've ever seen Watford win away or something ridiculous like that. Thanks to those guys for, for talking to me, for, to Pat and to, and to little Tom as well. Um, great to see so, so, so many familiar faces up there. Thanks to everyone that said hello. Yeah, this has been From the Rookery End. Don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook, all the social media channels, at Watford Podcast, you'll find us. Um, tell your friends all about us. Thanks for listening. Come on, you hornets. What a day. You all.